hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us wherever you are around Australia, wherever you are around the world. We are, I think, gentlemen, um, I'm joined by the great gentleman, uh, the Rocket Man. Yes, we're here with you. So he's, uh, he's got to have his music, the Rocket Man. Joined by the Rocket and uh, Magic Mike Caridi. How are you, Magic Mike? Before you talk, uh, I'm not sure if I've got the right music here for you, but I've found some more music. Uh, I did have some feedback from the listeners about suggestions. Uh, let's see if um, this one gets any laughter. Sometimes I dream that he is me. You got to see that's how I dream to be. I dream I That's right. If I could be like Mike, that's that, uh, that was that was it took a bit to get there. Sorry for if you've tuned out already. Apologise. Um, let's hope we get you back. But uh, yeah, no. Someone uh, Matt Mike actually sent that in and said uh, that's Mike's appropriate theme tune. So if you've Love got a, if you've got another Mike um, oriented, no, uh, I like it because he's he loves his his Nike <laughs> loves his Nike Airs. That was go. that was what it is. I might have to program that into the uh, the keypad there and and get the appropriate time. So there you go, Mike. Uh, People are listening, and uh, with good reason, we'll find out why, with good reason why later on. Well, maybe we won't. Maybe we will. Maybe maybe people might be unhappy, Mike. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, gentlemen, it's a very special week. It's my favourite tournament week of the year. I know you guys get hot and frothy over the Masters. The Open, it's in my part of the world. It's in my hood, sort of, kind of, not this year, but usually is most of the time in, in my part of the world. The Open, I love it. Uh, it's a special week. How do you guys feel about the Open when it comes around? I love it because Bryson breaks down on the range. Now, I love it. Uh, just to supplement the information there, uh, the cryptic information that Rocket likes to delve up. If you follow Rocket on Instagram, you, you'll get hours of uh, endless entertainment following his cryptic uh, messages, both political and golf um, golf political. But he's got a picture in the background there of this uh, Zoom meeting because we can't do this face-to-face because -face, uh, it's A, too late, and B, it's just not enough time of the day to get to face-to-face. -face. He's got a picture of Bryson crying. In the background, what's he breaking down on the range? What's what's the context there, Rocket? What are you going on about? I can't remember which which British Open it was or, or Open Championship. Thank it you very about, much. Correct it on was that. About um, I think it was twenty seventeen, and he was in all sorts in the uh, the cameras. They caught footage of him on the range trying to work stuff out, and he was just inconsolable. He had his hands, you know, his head in his hands. He's like on his haunches. He's like leaning up against the bleachers, effectively like completely perplexed in terms of whatever's happening. Terminal velocity completely out. All, all of the um, the measurements and everything was completely gone. His protractor was someone's gone and bent his protractor, so all of his angles are completely just cooked. And it was just, it was great. It's a, it's a great video to watch. Just. Warms my heart. Almost warms it as much as a nice single malt. <laughs> well, it must have been a few years ago because looking at he's still fitting into a, like a size 32 pant there. Um, uh, so it must have been a while ago. But uh, I'm glad that you've gone early with the, the Brysonisms. Mike, what is the, the open? And, and I'll just come back. You know, I'm a little bit of a stickler, right? When I hear people say the British Open, sometimes I have to bite my tongue from correcting them. I don't like to be a corrector, but sometimes I have to bite my tongue. And I learnt that skill uh, the correcting skill from my dad. Uh, he will listen to this at some stage in the next four to five weeks. And dad, if you are listening, um, thanks for your feedback on 
the podcast. I'm glad you've worked out how to uh, play the podcast on speeds other than 0.8. He was a corrector and he was in the wine industry and if people called uh, sparkling wine champagne, he would be very quickly call them on calling champagne which is obviously only generic to the region of champagne you can only call a champagne champagne if it's from champagne a little bit like calling the british open don't like it i'm an open guy the open mike what about you uh i am definitely the open or open championship guy however i don't get my knickers in a night if someone says okay british open only because and i i, I was having a conversation with someone about it the other day on twitter because i didn't understand why the world gets upset about these things when I say if someone said the US Masters as clarification instead of you know Robert Allenby won the Masters versus the Australian Masters I, I'm, I'm not stressed about that but there is only one open championship so we're all on the same page there so people should be referring to it as the open championship or the open but I don't uh, you know what I trust. you know what I feel a bit funny about actually and coming to think about it is when uh, the winner gets crowned the champion golfer of the year. Yes. That, that one I always have to sit there and think, champion golfer of the year, that sounds a bit weird. It's a champion golfer of the year of the Open, but anyway. Yeah, it, it says it on the trophy, I think, doesn't it? Champion golfer of the year. I've uh, never been up close to the uh, claret jug, um, f- sadly, but uh, I'm sure it does. I think. Uh, it's a big week. Where's, where is it being played at? As if we don't know, but uh, Rocket, where, where where is it at? Sandwich. Yes. R- Royal St George's. So for the geographically, um, but uh, people who don't really understand where Sandwich is in the uh, in England, whereabouts is it, Rocket? I've no idea. Oh. Somewhere in the UK, south east coast, right across the water from you know Belgium and France, down down over there, near where the uh, ferry leaves, I think, down that way. Linksland, Engl- English Linksland, down there. It's uh, when was the last time the Open was played at Royal St George's? Twenty eleven. Who was winner? Darren Clark. Oh. One of the best. It's like Sale of Century. <laughs> Favourite all that, it was Ben Curtis. So there was a bit of a turn up there, the Ben Curtis one. No one was expecting Ben Curtis to win. Has he ever won? Has he won anything ever since that uh, that win? Maybe a couple of nights at bingo. Yeah, I, I think that was his first win. Like, I don't think he'd even won on PGA Tour at no, that point. I don't think so. Who was, a better, who was a better winner of the Open, Todd Hamilton or Ben Curtis? Neither. Yeah, toss a coin. Okay. Uh, I saw Todd Hamilton raff, raffling off uh, or auctioning off some of his um, some of his gear recently alongside oh, well. alongside the Sharkies' gear. Ah, yes, there's some good stuff there. They, uh, I said to Rocket, the old um, shark, some of Sharks' old golf bags looked awesome. I'd love to have one of those sitting in the corner of the man cave, just with some old clubs in there, gathering dust. Oh, oh they weren't that old because they were the tailor made in the McGregor bags. He, hey, the McGregor ones were circa. Like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Oh, really? I thought they, I thought he had some older ones there, like uh-uh. some mid eighties ones. All the good stuff ain't being sold. <laughs> oh, so have you looked through the uh, back catalogue of uh, Sharky's auction site? Yep. So when you say all the good stuff ain't being sold, what what is all the good stuff? You know, if we were sitting at the rollback event at Kingston Heath, you know, we would be seized. Some of that sort of stuff there or no? All the PGF gear, all the Wilson gear, all the sporting gear, all the Cobra gear and the bags and the associated stuff that goes with that, that ain't up there. So we're talking the Cobra gear, not the Cobra gear that he uses now, but the Cobra, like the original Cobra. Everything up to 2000 Mm. before he left, he sold all his stock in Cobra and I think he was 
sponsored by McGregor after that. So just a everything bit. up until then, that's uh, not been sold. False advertising. So when I was a young fella, Sharky was a sporting guy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, tour editions. So he had that tour edition blade, beautiful with the little bird on it, the the red and white bag that had like the, it looked like a bottle of co- can of Coke. I think uh, in art in year eight or something, I think I tried to replicate that golf bag in clay. Um, that's how enamored I was with that bag. Uh, I wasn't trying to find one. It was a candlestick. One, as soon it, as one gets on eBay, I'm buying that sucker. It was a candlestick holder, and I tried to make it in the shape of a sporting golf bag. I wish I still had it now. It was a joke at the time. It was I got about a, a C minus for it. Um, and then he went to Cobra at Cobra, the wonderful brand that was started by Tom Crow, uh, an Australian. Which my which, he um, he he put a fair bit of his own dosh into that. Yeah, well, the shark did. Yes. Um, and just another shout out to my dad. My dad reminded me this week that he met Tom Crowe one, in one of his uh, journeys along the way. But um, so then he moved to Cobra, and that was the Matt, era. Matt Goggin beat uh, Tom Crowe's son in the uh, 1995 Australian Amateur. Mike, if you're wondering why you joined this crew, it's for information <laughs> like that, which you can't get anywhere else. No one, no other podcast in Australia. They might listen, they might pinch some other bits and pieces, but they won't have that sort of level of depth of knowledge. Um, they might be a bit more professional than us, but anyway, that's to be argued. Um, anyway, Greg, back to Greg Norman and the stuff that he's not selling and why it's so significant in the history of Australian golf and Tom Crow and Cobra. You know, that is 83, 4, 5, sort of 6, 7, 8 sort of era maybe, and that was at the height of the Cobra persimmon block arguably one of the finer blocks of persimmon wood. The the one with um, the Greg Norman had Greg Norman on the top line uh, as like a little alignment thing. Beautiful, beautiful golf clubs. But he had these blades, and they're so rare these days, the, the, Greg, beautiful. Norman, the Greg Norman blades. I had a customer who had an obsession with these blades. He had four sets of them, <laughs> maybe, maybe five, and he was trying to assemble the perfect set of Greg Norman blades. So every set that he would see, he would buy them, and he would just – take the three iron out of one and the four iron of another and the five iron over another. And, and he brought them into me one day that he brought like four sets of these Cobra blades and said, I want all of these shafted all of the same, all with um, uh, S400U um, dynamic gold shaft, which is probably the same as what Sharky played back in the day. And uh, I'd never seen so many Greg Norman. Sharky's an X100 dude. Okay. Well, this guy wasn't, uh, but so he's not selling that gear. Nah. Yeah. Right. Also back to the Cobra uh, 91 PGA John Daly with the Kevlar. The Kevlar? The Bulletproof Driver. Oh, right. Didn't know that. You can't remember that one. Oh, no. Cobra made a driver that was made of Kevlar, so it was bulletproof. I've never heard that. So go back go back and look at the driver that John Daly used in the 91 US PGA. It's the Cobra Kevlar Driver. It's actually bulletproof. The reason he went to that one is because uh, whatever the drivers he had before that, the faces were too thin. He was cra- he was caving them in. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah, wow. Um, my a normal person couldn't. I, 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 a friend of mine actually bought one, and because um, it was, I think they were like circa like eighties, like they were old gear, and he bought it in like a discount bin down in Hobart. And the only way that thing actually moves a golf ball is if you swing it like John Daly, because if you've got a normal swing speed, the ball ain't coming off that thing. Mike, what's your favourite open moment that you remember of whether it's uh, most uh, recent times or years gone by? Uh, It has to be recent times was obviously I got to go to the year Spieth won Birkdale. So I travelled up solo. My wife uh, and I had a month in Europe and I told her, 
would love to go to Europe, but either the first part of the trip or the last part of the trip needs to be the open and it's, uh, it's up near Liverpool. So she stayed in London with a mate for a couple of days and I shot up there by myself and went to the course Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it was just amazing. Just walking around and being able to be a part of it was just absolutely inspiring. Loved it. So you were there by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tournament. Well, I don't know. You've been to the Masters. You've been to more majors than anyone on this this crew. Uh, I went to the Open in 2016, which everyone's heard me talk about. I was there with three or four, three people. And it was quite funny. We'd get there and it was like everyone wanted to do something different. And it was like, well, well, see you later. We'll meet here back at five o'clock. We get there at eight o'clock in the morning. And it's amazing how easily you can fill a day at the Open by yourself, wandering around and just. Absolutely. It, it is a unique sporting event. Um, I've told you. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I found everyone to be super friendly. Yep. But the Liverpudlians are an interesting set as it is. And obviously, there's a lot of tourists rolling around as well. But if you just got talking to someone as an Aussie and they hear the accent, they want to talk to you and they think, you think it's interesting. And then they find out that you're at the, the Open Championship by yourself, wandering around for three days. They think it's absolutely ridiculous that you've traveled all that way to watch a golf tournament and they all want to have a chat about life. And then you have a chat to them and you ask them what, the, you know, on the train back to Liverpool to, and where are you a member? And I'm a, I'm a member at, um, you know, St. Anne's or whatever, like all these unbelievable golf courses yeah. that these guys are members at. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was just great, but I found everyone to be amazing. Like people were buying, I had about three or four people buy me beers just to say, off. Oh, you know, great job traveling all that way. <laughs> it was great. Fair, fair play. Um, Rocket, what's your favorite open venue when you cast your mind back across the rotor? Uh, it's still always St. Andrews. Right. Like, as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Um, and there's others that do hold um, little memories because of just, you know, St. George's because of Sharks win in 93. Um, Turnbury obviously because of, again, Sharks win in 86. But since, um, you know, Orange Peel took it over and basically ruined it, you know, it's out of the rotor. So that's, you know, bye-bye. Um yeah, they, that, those ones would be the venues in terms of just different events. But yeah, St Andrews, you can't you can't beat it. And then talking about just the Open Championship, you know, I still think about all the late nights as a kid, and even still now, um, and just hearing the commentary. You know, Peter Alice, you know, Renton Laidlaw, all these sort of guys, and it's just they just knew how to do it. They don't overspeak things. They let. The, the thing that they do, especially BBC, is they allow the broadcast to show a lot of things. They still show lots of golf. They don't overthink and overtalk things. They do like to have a joke on certain stuff. And it's just it's just such the easiest watching tournament um, to get going around. And it's just – it's the Open Championship, the oldest one going around. It's just the best. For me, I guess a bit of everything that you've said there and what Mike said – having been there, the people just standing there having a chat, uh, the politeness of the of the fans, you know, it's not a it's not a tournament we have to put up with the Bubba Booies and the mashed potatoes. Uh, the English and Scottish crowds just respect and understand golf. Um with a very strong focus on the etiquette and the and the charisma and the charm and the history of the game and, and in a very respectful way. And uh it's a great tournament to watch and for me. And uh, it's a great a great tournament to be at and uh, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I can't wait to go back to one, hopefully in Scotland at some time, 
when are we going back to Scotland? Is it next year? Back to St Andrews? Yeah, the ballot's open for St Andrews. Like, I got the email this week, so <clears throat> put your up, put your ballot in now, and you never know. Do you think? Do you think there might be room for a media pass for all three for three? Australia's <laughs> Australia's top never ten know. Australia's top ten all time podcast golf podcast. Is there you know, any any space there? You think that? Surely, please. <laughs> We haven't bagged this Royal and Ancient at all. Absolutely not. We love them. Um, anyway, we've got a few things to cover off. We've gone 19 minutes. We've just uh, talked about some of our favourite times. Uh, we've got a bit of last week to cover. We've got a bit of form guide for this week's Open to cover. We're bringing on, uh, if I can get him on the phone uh, soon, Pultz. Um, you might know Pultz from his Instagram handle, Dave Poulton. Uh, we all know Dave in various ways, shapes and forms. He is the man behind the great Aussie brand giveaway on Instagram. I haven't counted it. I don't know the official stats on it, but Dave Poulton in my sphere is the most winningest of a giveaway giveaway person in the history of Australia, I think. You know, he ent- must enter every giveaway on Instagram. He's won more golf bags, drivers, head covers, tea bags, whatever. Uh, and he's put all that great knowledge and power back into his own giveaway. So he's a man who likes to give back to the industry. He's assembled a number of Australian brands like uh, My Love of Golf Podcast is one of those brands, uh, Two Under, uh, Kangaroo Caddy, a whole heap of them, uh, and he's got them all to throw in a prize and do a giveaway. He was kind enough in support of us to run a little giveaway within the giveaway program last week called, what was it? Clubs, clubs, out, out, cl- clubs out for Rocket. Out for- <laughs> clubs Out for Rocket. And thank you to everyone who participated in the Clubs Out for Rocket hashtag and reposted that and put their little club outside the door uh, in, I guess, some um, empathy for the Rocket Man who was away on his holiday. You know, escape COVID lockdowns to travel oh, to COVID oh. lockdowns. Yeah, exactly. I didn't escape <laughs> I think I dra- I think I dragged it with me. Escaped, <laughs> dragged a COVID lockdown through across two states to Queensland and wasn't allowed to play golf, not allowed to take his golf club. So there was a fair bit of empathy coming through the uh, Instagram fam. Appreciate and, the love. Uh, Pultz put the uh, hashtag out, put your clubs out for Rocket. <laughs> so let's try and get him on the phone while we keep talking. Uh, I'll see if I can grab him. So as we were saying, Dave Poulton, the most winningest man of the giveaway uh, Instagram community, the great giver back to the Australian Instagram community, uh, leader of the great Australian giveaway, the ideas man behind uh, Bats Out for Clubs Out for Rocket, joins us. Uh, Dave, how are you? Good, mate. How are you travelling? We're travelling very well. It's a bit late. It's my fault because I was, as you know, I was in the city up until recently and busted all the way home to keep these guys uh, up late to do this open preview podcast. Uh, But we did want to thank you for your um, contribution to, I guess, some of these uh, small brands and emerging brands that exist here in Australia uh, that you try and are doing very admirably well at promoting. And uh, thank you for allowing us to contribute to that. Thank you for shining a light on our main man here, the Rocket Man. Uh, with, uh, we've, we've already told the listeners why the Clubs Out for Rocket uh, hashtag was born. You know, he dragged COVID, COVID um, uh, lockdown across two states and got locked out of not only his holiday but out of golf. So you ran a little mini, mini campaign within your campaign and, there, and you've got a winner, winner for the Clubs Out for Rocket campaign within the campaign. Is that true? That is true. Yeah, it's very exciting. There have been a couple of little extra giveaways along the way just to keep the, uh, keep the plane flying. It was very exciting when people were putting Clubs Out for Rocket with that hashtag, Clubs Out for Rocket. Um, I actually gave him a buzz to make sure he was okay with that and he just had a chuckle and said, go for it. And we had a chat about all things golf and Queensland and Bryson and everything else. It was it was good to catch up. Rocket, uh, he's sitting there. You can't, you, obviously it's audio, you can't see this, but he's, he's just, he's gone red, he's smiling. It's a, it's a proud moment when the hashtag was born out of the Rocket Man's honour. 
I love it. So what's I the drove two thousand I drove two thousand kilometers as well as as well, like in twenty four hours, just so I could put my own one out. <laughs> no, so you could get back to the States so you weren't locked in a, a lockdown state. For oh, another. No. oh no. Um lucky she went orange at the right time. Dave, how is the Great Aussie giveaway going? It's going well. It's going really well. It's been fantastic that so many brands have uh, got on board. There's been 17 companies or brands that have agreed to take part, which is a little bit um, of a surprise. I didn't think in the times that we're in that so many companies would offer something up as a prize just so us as golf nuts could have something to look forward to. But that's exactly what they've done, and it's been really encouraging to see how many people have jumped on board from all over the world, not just from Australia as well. So a lot of the prizes aren't just going to Australia. A lot of the companies have offered to mail their prizes out worldwide, which has been fantastic. And last week, uh, Five Yard Fade gave away a little bonus uh, prize pack. And this week there's a few little things going out to someone who's won the Clubs Out for Rocket giveaway, which was done on a wheel. Um, And I'll be posting that as well once this podcast goes live. So the the draw does happen through the power of technology. It's not, you know, you just don't pick it out of a, you know, like back in my day, you screw it up in a bit of paper and pulled it out of a hat. The technology now exists that you can draw winners. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, there's a lot of features online that you can um, that you can just plug some names into and yeah. it does it. Otherwise, my four-year-old son would be winning a lot of the prizes, which would raise some eyebrows. Um <laughs> So I have got a little recording of of the winner being selected last night, which I sent to you, Roscoe. Yes, and, you did. Um, the the uh, the the board of uh, My Love Golf uh, podcast uh, administrators witnessed that uh, as as they do, and um, we get the uh, government officials from. Um, yeah, yep, that's that's not on. Yep, Nessie the dog and uh, Peggy the dog were sitting alongside me on the couch when I was streaming through Instagram looking at. Uh, Pulitzer's draw. So, do we want to announce the winner of that uh, the the little bats out for clubs out for rocket uh, prize? Yeah, there was um, there was a lot of people, including Magic Mike and Rocket, that put their club out. So they were in the draw as well, and thankfully they didn't win. Um, it would have been a bit sauce if Rocket won clubs out for Rocket. He would have had a world of hurt coming his way, I think. But the winner is actually a my love of golf listener. I understand his name is Dion. And he's done very well to pick up a prize pack, which includes some Milo of golf golf balls and a few other items as well, which um, which will be mailed out to him. Dion, Dion V, Dion Vandenberg. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, by coincidence, I saw Dion yesterday. He, he actually had to come and pick up a hat, which was his from another giveaway on another podcast that I'm on, the, the Golf Rules Questions podcast, which he participated on as well. So he Ooh. actually... He came you know, to the, a cl- uh, the officials are going to be looking into this one. No, no, I didn't. I can give you the timelines. Actually, I can prove it. But uh, Dion, great to see you. Uh, he was getting some balls for his upcoming trip down to Barnburgle. He was buying up the dozens. He was buying the dozens, almost weighing them because you know they're going on a small plane. Pilts, you mm-hmm. might be. I'm not. You going on that trip? Uh, and he was just wondering how many, how much a dozen balls weighs because they've only got nineteen kilos. I have to take a camera, three pairs of uh, two under underwear. And, uh, yeah, so I did see him. But, um, Dion, well done. You win whatever uh, Dave has assembled there. And um, and there's other little giveaways coming, Dave? 
There are. I'm going to do one more tiny little thing where a few of the brands have given a discount code to anyone who's participated. But the big thing is closing on Sunday and there are 15 golf balls. So back on the wheel with everyone who's participated and it's free to join in. There are 17 brands and uh, more than 15 prizes, but we've merged a couple together. For example, uh, there are some prize packs going out from Desired Line, Kangaroo Caddy, Jack Oliver and Two Under, as you mentioned, but we're merging them in with other things like Ace Golf Clubs as well. So you might get a prize or a giveaway from two or three different brands. That's uh, It's finishing on Sunday, so it's, it's very easy to jump on. All you need to do is follow some brands and you might win some prizes worldwide. It doesn't just have to be in Australia. Beautiful. Uh, I, in closing off uh, this little segment, uh, congrats, uh, congrats again to Dion. I want to give a shout out to Daniel Marshall from Two Under. He is the man behind Two Under in Australia. Uh, Two Under doesn't get too many mentions on the podcast, but Daniel was maybe guest three or four or five on the Mile of Golf podcast, so he was one of the guys that gave me a lot of time early on. He is the man behind uh, Two Under, and he is... Two Under are one of the sponsors of one of Rocket's other favourite uh, podcast muses in Ricky Fowler. So, um, Daniel, thank you. I saw Daniel today. I changed the part of grip for him. But he's kindly set, reminded me to um, let everyone know that the Two Under website has a 20% off sale. There's no links. There's no codes. There's no nothing coming back here. Two Under, they have a 20% off sale now to the end of January and July. Um, jump on and get your two unders. So, good day, Daniel. Thanks. I hope your putter goes well. Pultz, do you want do you want to head off? Do you want to stay with us while we talk about the Open? Up to you. This was totally unplanned, but uh, up to you. Um, I might jump off, but just Mike, if you need a need a few tips, let me know. I've got you covered. I know. Yeah. Well, you've only given me one, and at one, so I might do I that. Might, I might retire. <laughs> I think. Yeah. All right, mate. See you later, Dave. Cheers. Thanks. Looking forward to listening to it. Thank you. Have a good one. See you, mate. mate. Jeez, I thought he might have wanted to stay. Oh, I would have. Hope that's not any reflection on the quality of the podcast. I think he. I think he he enjoys enjoys the magic. (laughs) All right. It's like um, like he, he. the way he spoke about the podcast, he gets really excited when it comes out, and it's like his little little thing. So it's almost like he doesn't want to peek behind the curtains no, see well, what magic no. goes on. Say the wizard. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just seen it. Maybe that's why. Maybe you're right, Rocket. I hope <laughs> I hope he uh, wasn't bored by the five minutes of fame that uh, we, we tried to give Dave. Well done again, Dave. Um, it's a great little service you do. Now, last weekend, Scottish Open, another great weekend of Australian golf. Min Woo. Wow. Wow, we. Great week. What can you say? What can you say? Young, young man, absolute whippet, who gives it a whippet, came out blazing before the conditions became a little bit hairy and wins it in a playoff. So you've got, you got to give hats off to him. And, you know, there's plenty of people that are probably, you know, looking and going, who is this Min Wu? But the kid is just oozing talent. So he's not one of those, you know, he's, he's just going to continue to, you know, get better and better and continue to just drive his way up through, you know, the world rankings, you know, on the European tour. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, another year or two we'll see him sort of transition potentially in the US. Uh, He's probably just doing the same thing, cutting his teeth the same way the Shark did, Adam Scott did, Brooks Koepka did. You know, play your trade trade in Europe, then get yourself to the point where you can 
make the move over into um, into the US. Or he might spend the rest of his life, you know, supplying his trade in Europe. Who knows? But it was awesome. It was awesome. And also, Mr. Herbay, like a late charge to uh, still finish tie fourth. It's a good couple of uh, weekends. Ching, ching. Well, and and just to throw uh, Wade the Wonder in as well, another friend of the podcast who – fit oh, the holding one. Yeah. So, you know, I think the leaderboard going into the final day was Herbie in fourth and then Minwoo and Wade uh, one stroke back. Minwoo and Wade played the final round together and, uh, and they both – you know, they all – Performed very, very well. Minwoo obviously winning. Lucas performing very well on the last day for fourth. And then Wade holding out with a five iron on the 13th or the 12th or whatever it was uh, for about 220 bottles of uh, Glen Livet or Glen Love or Glen Uvoigen. Minwoo was probably more excited about it than uh, Wade was. <laughs> it's very. I thought he was, was going to give him a chest bump. He, he's that kind of young man, you know, I boasting, but I've had the pleasure of his company for 18 oh, holes of golf and, and he was a very fine young gentleman to spend four or five hours with on a golf course, happy, giving of his time. As I said, little Isaac Riches uh, followed us around and there was a story behind that and he's just a great ambassador for Australian golf and, you know, I don't think he's – the Europeans know who Min Woo Lee is because, you know, he shot onto the European tour about three or four years ago when the commentators – were going, wow, this kid is sensational. He hits it a super long way. I asked Wade uh, in a message, I said, look, has, has Minwoo put some size on? Because he looks like he's yeah. strength, strengthened up a bit, you know, compared to that three or four years ago when he was only 18, seven, 18 or 19. And he's only 22 now, but he looks like he's put a bit of size on. And, you know, he he was – he'll – he is a genuine ball striker, as you like to say, Rocket, and he will win more tournaments. He's all, that's his second win on the European Tour. The first win was down at the Vic Open. And uh, just confidence. Just, just Again, it's just confidence on the big stage, realising that you've got the game to match it with. And you think about the field. Look at the field. If, if you're his coach or his team, you'd be saying, dude, you come out guns blazing, have a look at who was in the field. Have a look at who was in front of you. Have a look at who was just behind you. Like, that was a star-studded field. Hmm, Ram, um, you had Xander, JT, Zalatoris. Like, if you go top 50 in the world, it was stacked. And he took them on. Like... In the, in the playoff, well, he, he was very unlucky not to win it in regulation. His, his putt on eight, he shot into 18 in regulation was exceptional and it was probably one rotation from going straight in the middle. Like it was it was in the heart. And so in the playoff, uh, he, he didn't look nervous at all. He's absolutely striped his driver. And then the other two, he was further than the other two that were in the playoff. Fitzpatrick and Dietrich both hit in and, and were off to the right-hand side. So they had much longer putts. And he stood over the ball, and as soon as he let it go, he said something to himself like "Be good, baby" or something like that. And the ball comes down, and I'm like, "This kid's not nervous at all." Like there was absolute nails, um, and yeah, he did the right thing. So he he, he wasn't going to leave it short like he had on the um, the first time around. That little bit of dew and a little bit of rain from from the uh, from the stoppage had probably held up the first part, and yeah, straight in the middle it was awesome. Now. Many noticeable, noticeable uh, non-performers uh, of note from your end, Rocket, at the Scottish Open. I see uh, 
Rory McIlroy got a, an early uh, visit to Royal St George's to start his practice preparation early. Bad income. Rory does my head in. I think Rory does my head in more than probably what he does his own head in. Like, what is he doing? Like, literally, what is he doing? What is he doing? Uh, you know, I don't get it. Like, do something. Rory, remember who the hell you are. Like, this is just, it's getting out of hand. It's literally getting out of hand. It's back so, in the, back in Lynx land, it should, it's native turf for him, you know, like it should be. Native turf. Well, well, links, links, not Scotland, but you know the links of. Uh, just because he's from Ireland and he's from that region, you know, it's he doesn't have the game anymore or the mentality to play links golf, right? It's all about controlling your shots and your wedges and things, everything. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know what's wrong. That, and it's whenever I think of him now. And it's, it's terrible, but whenever I think of him now on, on these sorts of courses, I think of his first hole at Portrush. Oh. It was it was like I'm getting shivers now thinking about it. Like it was, it was really bad. It was like I think I could probably have almost done better and I'm not a great tee ball shooter. It was not good. That was Smiley Kaufman bad. Yep. <laughs> so is that a line through Rory for the Open this week? Line through Rory for most majors. Okay. All right. Anything else stand out from the Scottish Open for you, gents? Other than East, um, Lo- East Lothian looked fantastic. Uh, the Renaissance Club did a great job of putting on a tournament in still testing conditions to get all of those players there. Jerry Savardi, uh, I think he was a big, big part of Scottish golf tourism just by the fact that he was able to get such a wonderful uh, tournament uh, assembled there. Um, Herbie keeps playing well, plays well in links, plays well in the big stuff. So could do, could go anywhere. Um, what the, else? The only thing that yes. nearly overshadowed the Scottish Open was Bryson making his announcement video of his new caddy. Oh, wow. I didn't see the video. Oh, didn't you? No, it had a bit of everything, Mike. It is one of the. It's <laughs> Bryce. Here's the thing. Everyone has their perfect villain that comes around once a look. Bryson, for me, I feel like is my once in a generation flog, and and I don't think anyone will be ever ever be able to replace this man. Like, so I have to savor it every moment I get that he just does something completely stupid. And this one was making the announcement of who his permanent caddy was going to be, and he they jumped into a swimming pool. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely look that up. And so it's just it just warms my heart to know that he just continues to bring me just joy through just lunacy and just idiotic stunts that he thinks are just entertaining and engaging for people. So I thank him. And I, I will continue to appreciate him as a once-in-a-generation flog that I'll never, ever have again in my lifetime. Mike, don't, yes. go, on, don't go and look it up. Like, it's really... <laughs> saw him shadow boxing in front of a helicopter, yeah. but I did not see him... Oh, that was the match. No, no, no. Yeah. That, the video for the caddy announcement makes that look like a normal person. <laughs> okay, I'll look it up. <laughs> so good. So good. I thought I tagged you in it. 
If they're going yeah. after the pip and we're going to rag on the pip again, like he's got enough money, he should. I hope he's paying some of it. He should pay someone to studio I produce think this he's stuff. Not going up. He see. Here's the thing: is he's been doing this before the pip was even even there. Yeah, this is yeah, right. The bacon. This is just. Mm. We won't go through it today, but I, I mean, I, it's coming from the heart. It's coming from the heart. Yeah, I do. Um, the PJ Tour has a a committee of whatever. Not a committee. It's like a a group focus group where they send out the be two, three hundred people, four hundred people, whatever it is around the world, and you sign on to it, and they basically send you questionnaires here and there, and you fill them out. And they sent one out a little while ago, and it was around um, which players are your favourite players on tour and you can pick three. Now, I'm not going to go for it now, but we'll do it maybe next week. But I got the list sent through of of, of the – no, 2,000, sorry, not, not 200, 2,000 responses who came up as the top players that people people wanted to see on the PGA Tour. So you guys can have a week to think about it if you like. Oh, and have a, I can't wait to digest Oh, well, we can do it now. No, 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 no. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's keep everyone in suspense and go through that next week because uh, – yep. Because we've got fifty, we've already got fifty minutes um, dribbled on. Um, thanks for listening. If you've got this far, appreciate it. Appreciate you as always. Um, okay, the Open. So, oh, sorry, let's just round off on the Scottish Open. Uh, how did our tips go, Mike? Uh, tips were, I know I had Xander, and Xander finished in the. He made the cut. I know that much. Um, I can't remember. I'd have to, I'd have to look him up. Who did you go for, uh, Rocket? I think you went for Mr. Poulter. Yeah, I think I went for Poulter. Poulter uh, finished fourth, which is yeah. good. Paul Poults missed the uh, three quarters of uh, England's loss in uh, the Euros. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Xander was tenth. Who did you have, Ross? Uh, Bobby. Yeah, I think Bobby Mack. Bobby Mack. Yeah. You did. Of course. Who else? And Robert McIntyre finished 18th. They're pretty good picks. Three yeah, picks no, he all top 20. Bobby performed. Uh, so your picks, Mike, who are they again? I had Xander. Oh, uh, Xander. And who else did I have? Mm. I, I bet on – I did have a bet on Minwoo Lee. That's, oh, really? That's what you get into. Yeah. Oh, no, I wasn't getting – so, <laughs> oh, right. I did have a very small wage on Minwoo Lee before the tournament started, which was, uh, which was a very enjoyable – I just said um, before we started recording, it was a very enjoyable 4 a.m. Um, notification on, on watching on television and watching uh, watching him salute, which was very good at, at um, 270 to 1 is always a good result. Uh, you know you're going to be um, bombarded now with requests for who, who are your secret <laughs> side bets now, uh, Magic Mike. You know, it's, not, it's called Magic Mike's Market for a reason. Uh, that's to give you best. If you're going to keep the best in your side pocket, mate, you know, expect what's going to – you can't – if you're betting golf, if you're betting one player each week and that's it, you'll lose a lot of money. I would always bet three or four people. I'm not, nothing crazy. Like, I'm not – I had to go back to work on uh, on Monday. Uh, well, no, well done in all seriousness. Um, you can bet on whatever you want. And this isn't a betting uh, podcast, but uh, do bet responsibly if you do bet. Uh, we like your, your tips, Mike. Um, wouldn't have minded a little bit of slice of that action. I should have – I'm not a betting person – I would have loved to have bet on Min Woo Lee. Uh, and congratulations uh, for you. And uh, Titleist, Shrixen, TaylorMade, Ping, Callaway, whatever brand you end up uh, investing that hard-earned in, um, I'm sure it'll go to a good cause. Rocket? 
the open. Who you fancy? Oh, oh I don't know. This okay. really, it's actually really hard. Like it's legit. This one's actually really, really hard. Um, yeah, right. Why? Because there's so many players that are in form, but it's like trying to pick, say, one or two. You can throw a blanket over 20. Easy. Mm-hmm. Trying to pick one. What about you, Mike, then? You have a think about it, Rocket. What about you? Uh, for me, uh, it's pretty similar theme to some of the other people I've had in majors this year, to be honest. Um, Patrick Cantlay and John Rahm have come up on top in, in the numbers that I've run. Um, the one guy that I've bet because I just can't believe his odds is Colin Morikawa. I think the course is going to be a course that you're going to, like with Rocket said before, you're plotting your way around. You need to be able to hit your irons where you want to hit them and hitting into grains is going to be important and he's definitely can do that. His part is not necessarily the best at all times, but he's sort of nearly, I think he's around 40 to 1. 40 to 1 for a guy who's a superstar. Is, is I, I, think they, I think they saw how he played on, on um, the weekend. Definitely. He was very ordinary. And that's the thing. He was really patchy. He would sort of make three birdies in a row and then a double and, you know, three bogeys. So, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking at him as someone um, that, that I would probably have – I'm definitely going to have some money on. And then I've just had a couple of very small bets on a few randoms like um, Keegan Bradley, Paul Casey, uh, and one at very big odds was um, – uh, Stuart Sink. Oh, Stewie, Stewie Sink. Yeah. Got a leaky faucet in my Stewie, Stewie Sink. <laughs> Sorry. I, I can't. Every time I hear his name, I can't help but like rattle off that phrase from Golf Boys. So good. So, yeah, I mean, those, the, the, for me, the bigger bets that I'll have will be, you know, look, at the end of the day, I think what, what we didn't pick up on the Scottish is that Ram was scary. Ram looked exceptional last week. And he's coming into this as the super red, super duper red hot favourite, but at eight dollars or whatever he's paying in a hundred and thirty horse field, I'm I might bet on him. Um, it's just I'd rather bet someone else and have and, a chance of winning more. And there ain't too many people that are winning back to back majors unless you name Brooks. No, exactly. <laughs> or Tiger. Brooks. Is it is it an open that can throw up as it has done uh, previously? We talked about um, the King winning before. Yeah, you know, is it is it somewhere that yeah you know, Westy could actually finally get his major? Yeah, is for it, sure. Why is, not? Yeah. Is there any love for Westy out there? Has he got any history here? That you know, has he performed well here previously? He's been he's played in every uh, open since you know I was a boy. Oh, I don't know about Royal St George's, but it, it would be the type of you know the thing is that the conditions are not going to get ridiculous. So for four days, it's going to be a good, a decent breeze, not ridiculous. Weather's going to be okay. Might have some showers. So it's not going to, um, it's not going to hurt him. He's not going to be in a spot where he's on the wrong side of the draw or anything like that. He's in good form and he has been for all year. Possibility, but, you know, Westy's been a possibility for... Mm. <laughs> 28 years. Well, I guess where I'm going is, oh, you know, my my heart bet is like a Westy, a Poulter, or a Casey. Yeah, yeah. That's and if we sit back here next week and go, it was one of those three. Uh, that I think that'd make the golf world very happy, make me very happy because I 
I think they're great people for the game, uh, especially Westy and uh, Poulter. But I just got a funny feeling that maybe, um, you know, like the Prince uh, back uh, in 2011, uh, you know, it could, be, it could throw up someone like that, and I hope it is one of those oh, three guys. I see where you're going. I feel you. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. Could be. So oh. who's that, is that going to be your pick? Is it Ross? Are you going to put down Westy or Pulse or Casey? No, they're not Scottish. No, it's, um, it's, in, it's in England, so I'll go with an Englishman. Oh. I'll go with three Englishmen. Uh, you know, Done. They're, fi- they're figuring in there. I don't know how you want to digest uh, how you how you put them in there, but I, I think that uh, it's got the potential of anything to throw up a winner like that and it'll be from those three. There you go. Um, and I know that I think I've mentioned this one. I, I had Poulter down. So I think his form's, his form's been really good and he's been building and his last couple of weeks been really strong. Um, and I think that 60, 63 um, would have put him in a – good mindset as well coming into this week and the conditions are going to be okay for him. Um, I, think bit of, I feel like I need to have a bit of Tyrrell, a bit of Tyrrell action. I feel like I have to go with my boy, my boy Brooks. Yeah, you won't be alone. I have to go with my boy Brooks and I'm not even going to touch any of the Aussies. Oh, actually, do you know what? I'm, maybe a bit of Cam Smith because he's paired with Patrick Reed. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, that's, that might be the perfect pairing for Cam Smith. It might be. It just might bring in a little bit of monk, bit more mongrel out of him than not, than normally exists. So a bit of Cam Smith. I'm trying to think of who I, I, I can't see who else he's playing with I in that group. Yeah. All I saw was Patrick Reed and Cam Smith, and my eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. I thought R and A, you are just gods, absolute uh-huh. gods. He's playing with Rory. Rory, Patrick Reed, and Cam Smith. Oh my God, Cam! Poor super, Cam. super group. <laughs> oh, you got one guy who's too nice, and you got one guy who's just. I'm it's not like going to say it because Ross will have to bloody do some more editing. <laughs> I think it's probably the best group of the day. When I've I've only really, obviously they only came out an hour ago, but they've got a lot um, of tea time though. Yeah, they do. It's the best thing, you know, everyone off the first and the last group's off at 4.16 p.m. That's fantastic. Love it. Uh, and he's, he's got um, he's got the Sook, Fleetwood and Adam Scott playing behind him. Who's the Sook? Justin Thomas. Oh, yeah. Did uh, did you see my video that I posted uh, that I pulled oh, up at top. 2 a.m. in the morning from Al- and Alison Whitaker, him topping it? Unbelievable. He, he's had a few of those in the last couple of months. How, how does a professional – I've never seen a professional golfer do that. Like, it was like a stone cold top. It go was. Back, what, go back to Rory's tee shot of the first at Portrush. Yeah, okay. Stone Watch cold. Bryson's wedge shots at Muirfield. Uh, 70 yards out, make it go 30. Who are the uh, 11 Aussies? Now, I've just got a tweet here from Brendan James uh, come through that Australia is one one withdrawal away from having 12 players represented in the Open with Wade Ormsby, friend of the podcast, uh, elevated to first alternate. How unlucky, got, is, how unlucky is Cam Davis, though? Yeah, very unlucky. We've got what happens Le- when you get married? <laughs> got Leishman, Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Lucas Herbert, Jason Day, Minwoo Lee, Matt Jones, Jason Scrivener, Brad Kennedy, Dan Lawson, and Aaron Pike. It's a full set. Wow. Aaron Pike gets in as a on the back of his. No, he did he locally? No, Dan Lawson locally qualified. How does Aaron Pike get in? He's like been waiting for since 2019 for his uh, 
It's Australia Order Order of Merit or something like that. Don't know. Don't know. Okay. Uh, who's top Aussie? I'm going to go Matt Jones. Only because I, I think, you know, we all know Leash and Cam Smith can play good golf in the wind and, you know, wouldn't shock to see either of them play well. And Lucas has been on fire. Um, in Wu Lee, can see him hitting a lot of stingers and playing great golf, but I'm just going to go with Matt Jones. Yeah. Okay. Aussie Matt. I'm going with, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with, I'm going to pick two and I'm sticking with the boys in form. Minwoo won't win. Uh, he might not be top Aussie. He'll be second top Aussie. I think Lucas will be top Aussie and Minwoo will be second top Aussie. And surprise, all the big guns carrying form in. Rocket, what about you? Top Aussie for you? Cam. Oh, sorry. You've already done that. Yeah, sorry. All right. What else to digest? So have you got have you got all that written down there, Mike? In the um... all written down. I was waiting for you to tell me you wanted um, wanted to know uh, the top Great Britain and Ireland player as well. So there's, there's a lot of names to go through there. So I'm not going to read them all out. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go top uh, GB and I with uh, Shane. You Shane, Shane is down the list. He's, oh, he's yep nine dollars is about the fifth favourite. I'll go with Shane as top top GB and I like it. You want to have a crack at top GB and I there, uh, Rocket? Well, outside of outside of my other three, outside of the three, the gold, the golden age guys, um, the, the 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 old the older the older gentlemen, um, those three guys, and then Shane. Maybe just stand Shane out as top Irishman. <laughs> Padraig Harrington played. Padraig Harrington is unbelievable. Like he played really well last week. Like he was top what top ten, top fifteen. Actually, talking about Patrick Harrington, how good was the um, the European tour joke with all the players where they had the guy that um, was interviewing them? And uh, I can't remember who the players were there in the booth was saying what questions to ask. Well, uh, and, the guy, and the guy and the guy introduces himself and he said, "Oh, you know, I remember you from like 2005, and I wanted you to sign a golf ball, and you just refused, and then you walked off, and you know, you've been my least favourite player since, and I've hated golf and." <laughs> and the, the the bloke who they st- set up to do the interviewing was an Irishman, and obviously Padre was an Irishman. Padre an Irishman, and Padre walks up going, "I one autograph in my whole career, and I didn't sign it." <laughs> uh, do you, but, um, but did you think that was what um, was going through Rory's head when that bloke walked up and tried to take the head cover off his clubs? Do you think he was thought the European Tour was doing a stitch up with him? But they didn't know what was going on. I'm watching and I still didn't even know what was going on. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It was very weird. I watched and it 70, like- 75,000 times. Like it was, it was it was, one of those things that you had to watch and watch and watch again. Like and when Mrs. My Love of Golf comes to me and said, did you see the thing about the golf in, in Scotland and that those boys and the, someone took the club, what happened there? Like it got some attention. Yeah. Bizarre. Like Very bizarre. What, uh, my question is, what's the caddy doing? Like, come on, you know when you're a caddy, you're half security, like Stevie Williams set the benchmark for you know, being a security guard as a, as a caddy. He wrote the book on it. Like, Rory's ca- caddy just stat- stood there in like a stunned mullet. Yeah, he let him walk off with the cover and then just let him go deny it, and I'm thinking. No, but yeah. the thing is, though, he kind of grabbed it, kind of missed it, and came back. Well, yeah, you know, he went to like, grab the driver. The, the, the puppy, the Brutus, the puppy dog, fell off, and he said, well, I'll just grab the iron. Yeah. No, that was weird. Oh, I think he. I think that they all must have thought, oh, there's a hidden camera here. They're, they're doing a stitch up. Something's going on. Bill somewhere. Yeah. Bill <laughs> somewhere. You know, he's going to bend my iron or something like that. Exactly. 
Once again, my, my, my point about getting, you know, these guys should be employing, you know, entertainment advisors, you know, they, if there was a stitch-up, they should have went along with it. They should have said, mm. okay, there's a stitch-up, let's get into acting mode and go along with it. <laughs> oh, clearly not. But uh, the caddy should have just jumped in and said, oi, what are you doing, mate? Give it back. Bugger off. Spear tackle. Yeah. Stevie Williams would have thrown him over the fence. Oh, yeah. He would have had him, he would have had him in like a full sleeper. <laughs> Imagine if someone was doing that to Doggy's bags. The guy wouldn't have even got to come back. Stevie would have had him in a sleeper and and like a leg sweep and would have had him face planted down in the grass with his elbow on the back of his neck. Would have. What's and then probably grabbed his leg, hooked it over, and then done like a, just this full claw move, like wrestling style, um, you know, just leaning into him, making the guy tap out. I wonder what Stevie's up to. Um Good day to Steve if you're listening. Probably not. Uh, okay, I think we've covered the open more ways than one. Uh, anything else from the from America? John Deere, who won that? Lucas Glover won. Uh, very very good seven under final round to win for the first time in a long time. Not the youngest player in the field. No, could, no. Could be a bit of thing for you know the plus forty brigade winning again. No, rocket shaking your head. What Lucas Glover? Someone sent a tweet out and it was quite funny. I think it's the no laying up guys. <laughs> like Lucas Glover doesn't wear a glove and seems to get better when it's wet. <laughs> he won the US Open in 09 at Beth Page and it was absolutely bucketing down that day. So it's almost like he must have, I don't know, spidey hands or something like that. You know, gets, you know, must have some sticker or something on his hands to make it a little bit you know, better. Should be a wide receiver or something like that, going deep for a few. But I'm riffing off the top of my head, so there's probably going to be someone that's going to correct me on this one. But I believe – so Lucas Glover's been – you know, he, he had the win in 09, and I think he'd won one at Barclays or something like that a couple of years later after that, and then he kind of just disappeared for a long period of time, and he's kind of made his way back. Um, and if and I don't even know if they talked about this story um, previously, but he had an absolute horror of a time over about three or four years – so his former wife, one, was an alcoholic and two, was uh, quite abusive. And so he uh, he was kind of stuck in a pretty ordinary relationship for a very, very long time and trying to do the right thing and trying to help her with her alcohol, alcoholism. But at the same time, you know, everything else suffered with that um, and he kind of disappeared. And it was a long time before he was able to extricate himself from that life situation, rebuild his life, and then rebuild his sort of you know golf journey after that. And it's just really good to see someone that's just had the highest of highs and hit some really terrible life lows and being able to sort of come out the other side. It's just a really good testament to the, we'll call it the human spirit. Very good. Very good win, Lucas Glover. And in a serious note, if you or anyone uh, that you know does face challenges in life, especially with uh, alcohol. There's always help. Uh, don't suffer alone. There is always help. And please go out and grab it. Um, Lucas Glover. How old is Lucas now? Is he? He's 41, I think. Yeah, okay, so he is in the plus 40s. I'm feeling a plus 40s, plus 40s win for my plus 40s brigade. I'm not, not Stuart, sure. Stuart Sink. <laughs> oh, not Stuart. No, I don't want Stuart Sink to win. Not him. Not again. He's, he had his – he stole He stole it off Tom Watson. Stole it off Matthew Goggins. Oh, sorry, Matthew Goggins as well. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's the John Deere. Sorry we, if you are, were waiting for the, the full John Deere breakdown. Um, we went too much Scottish Open, too much uh, Great Australian giveaway and too much Open. 
But I think uh, I think we've done our job as uh, independent, unpaid uh, podcasters for Australia. Have we? Have I, we can, I don't think we need to go through the Barber Soul Championship, which I still get baffled every every year that they hold the PGA tournament up against the the Open Championship is just weird. Who is is any Australians in the Barber Soul? There is Mark Hensby's playing. I just saw before. Uh, there's a few. The Tamworth Terraway. Good luck, Hens. Yeah, he actually played uh, the senior. What was the senior tournament last week? Was it a major? Yeah, US, yeah, US senior US open. US, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he um, he missed the cut there, and now he's playing back on PJ Tour this week in the in the. Um, actually, doesn't event. doesn't doesn't Bobby Allenby? He's he's now he guess just turned two yesterday or the day before he turned fifty. Happy, oh, bir- oh, oh, oh. Happy birthday, Robert Allenby! Look uh, out! A July, a July. Birthday boy, just like myself, 29th of July, nothing big. Uh, just um, sent it to Drummer Golf Melbourne. Um, now he actually has a legitimate reason to know that he's left his wallet's missing and his phone's missing and his pants are missing. Rocket, you're, you're going to start to offend me now. <laughs> yeah. he's only, Robbie's only like 13 days older than me, son. Come on. Yeah, but you're not, you're not, you're not getting the living suitcase kicked out of you in Hawaii. No, he got mugged. No, he didn't get mugged. <laughs> Let's not go down there. Oh dear. Um, what it's what happens when you you have a few you have a few too many jars, and you make a pass at the wrong man's woman. Okay. What's bar, what is Barbasol? Uh, shaving cream. Oh, there you go, Barbasol. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Yeah. Ash Barty, congratulations to you. Uh, you oh. were another contributor towards Australia's great. That? Great weekend on the global sports stage, Ash Barty. You are a dead set legend. What a win! What a what a woman! What a player! What a tennis player! And um and what a golfer! Mm. Brookwater. Yeah, reigning Brookwater champion. Yep, with Lu- champion with Louis Dobbs and uh, cool. Mike, Mike's favourite, as as forecast by Mike. Uh, you know, he could have told us about Minwoo Lee, but he certainly told us about Louis Dobler last week. <laughs> uh, gents, it's been another hour of power and fun. I appreciate your time at this late hour. I see, we seem to work all right at late, late hours. I'm not sure what's going to happen if we have to do it in normal times. Oh, God forbid. Rocket might not have seven seven scotches under his belt. I know. <laughs> but two. Okay. Drink responsibly. Uh, thanks, gents. We'll see you after uh, after the Open when uh, I come back and celebrate someone plus 40 winning. Is that thank it? Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> enjoy, everyone. All right. Enjoy the Open.